This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome this is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone, to the 180th episode of Power Your Parenting, Moms with Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of this show. Our guest today, Lauren Chikara, is the director of K-12 initiatives at Active Minds. Active Minds was founded at the University of Pennsylvania following the suicide of founder Allison Malman's brother. At Penn, Allison looked for existing mental health groups that she could bring to campus to combat the stigma of mental illness, encourage students to seek help early, and prevent future tragedies. Finding none, she created her own student-to-student model and formed an organization known as Open Minds. In just a few years, Allison was fielding calls from all over the country from students and administrators wanting to do something on their own campuses both at K-12 schools and universities. 
In 2003, the organization, now known as Active Minds, established a national office in Washington, D.C., and was incorporated as a 501c3 organization. Now in more than 1,000 campuses and communities, Active Minds directly reaches more than 1.9 million people each year through awareness campaigns, events, advocacy, outreach, and more. Active Minds is about changing the conversation about mental health and therefore changing the culture. So welcome, Lauren. Hi, Colleen. Thanks for having me today. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about Active Minds and why that was founded? Yeah, sure. So 19 years ago, our founder, Allison, lost her brother to suicide, and they were both college students at the time. And what she realized in um, that experience when she lost Brian was that he didn't have resources or opportunities to talk about mental health. And so she founded Active Minds as an undergraduate to really help change the conversation about mental health. And she wanted to ensure that folks had space to talk about mental health and navigate how to get support if they were navigating a mental health crisis. And over the last 19 years, we have worked in colleges across the country. And over the past three years, we've been expanding into the K through 12 arena. We have something called Active Minds Chapters. They are student-led mental health organizations where students come together and talk about mental health. And so they are able to provide each other with resources, a space to have conversations about mental health in a very non-clinical setting. It's not a clinical space. It's just a place to normalize the conversation about mental health. And then from there, we've really grown to have a number of programs for youth and young adults, really centering mental health literacy, so giving them the tools to understand what mental health is, and then also mental health advocacy, being able to advocate for policy changes in their school environments to support more health, uh, mental health curriculum or opportunities for more counseling resources and you know it's just at all at both levels at the K through 12 and the university space. Okay. Now you say that you are about changing the conversation about mental health. So what do you mean by that? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, a lot of people don't want to talk about mental health. I think we've seen a growing desire and just openness about mental health in general from this generation of of youth and young adults, but the older generations don't have that, have never had that space. There's a lot of stigma attached to talking about mental health. And so we really want to break through and destigmatize the conversation about mental health because youth and young adults want to talk about it. And we as adults need to be able to support them and champion them in their journey in understanding what mental health is and being able to support themselves and each other through their mental health, because we all have mental health. And so we should be able to talk about mental health just like we talk about physical health. Um, You know, I always like to say that if we don't have a mentally healthy population, we don't have a really 
great population in providing and and giving back to their communities or being academically successful. You know, we have to think about it in this holistic approach. So that's the way we think about it. We want to change the conversation. And in turn, when we change that conversation, we really change the culture around mental health and we start destigmatizing the conversation. Yes. So give me an example of changing the conversation about mental health. What would that look like? Yeah, so I think when you change the conversation, it's, you know, if you think about our our Active Minds chapter model, it's being able to have school communities have spaces to talk about mental health, just like they're talking about robotics in a robotic club or a science or math club or doing drama, right? So being able to have those spaces where they're centering those conversations, that's how we move the needle. Because a lot of times when students are in an Active Minds chapter and they're talking about mental health, It starts to creep out outside of just their chapter environment, right? It goes into the larger school setting. So a lot of those students in the chapters will then host events in their schools. So we have something called Stress Less Week, where a lot of our chapters will run events during um, the week up to finals, you know? So how do we help students just take a step back and, and breathe before heading into the final week? That's how we normalize the conversation. We're providing everyday tips and tools to navigate the stressors of life and be able to kind of navigate that from a a way to feel empowered and and say, you know what, this is hard. I'm I'm struggling in X, but I know that I'm going to come through it because I know I can talk to my peers. I know that my school setting is very open and willing to have an active minds chapter, to go to the counseling center, to offer resources. And we have events in our schools and that's how we change the culture and conversation. When you talk about mental health, I mean, there's mental illness and mental health. So how do you talk about those two things? Yeah, so mental health is something that everybody has, right? We all have mental health. Not everybody has mental illness. So when folks experience poor mental health, that can then creep into potential mental illness. So mental health is I'm having a great day. I'm having a not so great day. Right. And so that ebb and flow in the sense of I'm here or I'm like I'm excelling in the sense that it's not coming across or it's not there aren't behaviors that are becoming patterns where people are experiencing poor mental health into a mental health crisis where it is repetitive. So something like when somebody is like, I just don't know if I can get out of bed every day. If that's a change in their everyday pattern or behavior that there's a struggle to get out of bed, that could be a sign of a potential mental illness in the sense that there's something more that is impacting their ability to get out of bed every day if that makes sense. So mental health is something that we have, we can talk about, and we know that if we're experiencing the same negative or poor mental health outcomes over and over and over again, that could mean that there's something more, it's just more than a bad day. Okay. So in some ways, it it feels like that active mind is more preventative. So it's like normalizing the ebb and flow of good days, bad days, stress, not stress, and how to be proactive about taking care of their mental health. Is that kind of what Active Minds does? Absolutely. Yeah. We really believe that when you are aware of how you 
are navigating your day-to-day from that mental health perspective, when you do have really poor mental health, or if you are starting to experience a mental health crisis, you know the difference in that sense, right? You know when to really, and and your peers know when to step it up and and say, hey, I I can see that you're struggling right now. You just aren't feeling like yourself, or you aren't, you know, you haven't come to an active minds chapter, you haven't come to school lately, are you okay? That's what we do. And, you know, our goal is to actually prevent a crisis, you know, in in normalizing and changing that conversation about mental health. We are hoping that we're equipping folks to pay attention to each other and themselves and their mental health so that when something does happen or somebody just isn't as present as they used to be, they know what to do. They know how to get the support or offer the support to their peers. Okay, that's great. So what do you see from these different chapters? What are college students talking about? College students are talking about stress and anxiety. I think it's also the same for high school students. You know, that pressure to perform and to excel in their academics is real. Not only that, but then you add in the last three-ish years and what we've noticed not notice, what we've been through with the pandemic, right? And that just adds to it. So like, are we in school? Are we not in school? Are we wearing masks in school? Are we not wearing masks in school? And how that really adds to the stress and anxiety of already another layer to that stress and anxiety, I should say. So that's what they're talking about, just like high school students. Yeah, I can see the real advantage of having groups of students talk because that sense that we have in our culture right now of perfectionism Mm -hmm. and being the best and being all shiny. And if you're isolated, you could feel like there's something really, really wrong with you and being able to talk with other people about it. You see the, Oh my gosh, I'm normal. Yeah. I think it's that. I also think that when folks are talking about that, especially students, and they're all experiencing the same thing, that could also help spark our Active Minds chapter leaders and members to actually go and say, okay, how do we change this? How do we like ensure that we aren't creating these really stressful, anxiety-ridden um, environments in our education system? So how do we push administrators to rethink our day-to-day education system? And that's a hard question, right? Because I think our systems are very square and they're not easy to maneuver through, but college students have been really successful through our Transform Your Campus um, program where they have been able to go to their university administrators and really advocate for them to have a policy around leave of absences, you know, for, for college students. And what we're seeing in the high school space is high school students are really advocating for excused mental health absences. And so it's stemming from this chapter work, these conversations, hey, we need to kind of fix this. We are all experiencing this. How can the school system support us? And that's where they've maneuvered and advocated for policy changes to give them a little bit of a breather and actually center mental health in their day-to-day. Well, that's great. And I can see how that would work because you are moving them from feeling alone, isolated, shame about where they are, and then giving them a purpose by changing the culture, which also brings them together with other students, which empowers them. So I think that's great. So in my book, Dial Up the Dream, Make Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You, one of the things that I talk about in that book is a holistic view of success. 
And so that's why I really like your organization, Active Minds, because I think a lot of times, you know, parents, moms, we just think, okay, just get my kids. Many of you just have dropped your teens off in colleges right now, listening all over the country and all over the world. And so you kind of think you're done. In my experience, part of college is learning how to manage every part of your life and one part of that life that you have to manage, which is the biggest part of your life, I think, is your mental health and your mental well-being. So it's way more than them just getting good grades in college. I've seen what happens when college kids feel isolated. And another thing I think moms is to just be aware of is the things that your son or daughter like struggled with in high school, it doesn't go away naturally when they go to college. And so a lot of them, what I would say, the first thing that comes up when you plant a seed is dirt. So your kid is growing and that growing, that dirt kind of comes out sometimes. And that comes out with maybe with an eating disorder or you're not getting enough sleep or you feel isolated. So having conversations about how are you really doing and being connected to others, I think, is just crucial. So for the mother who has teens at home, how can they start to change the conversation about mental health? That's a great question. So we have something called Validate, Appreciate, Refer, VAR, and it is a tool that people can use to really navigate everyday conversations about mental health. And so I think parents and caregivers can really utilize that tool to be proactive around asking, you know, how are you doing? And then not only asking, how are you doing? But then, you know, taking it a step further and really asking like, what instead of why, you know? So what is going well? What isn't going well? To kind of start drilling down into, you know, where they are and really truly what is happening. So I think with Validate, Appreciate, Refer, you know, this is something we talk about with our students all the time, but I think parents and caregivers can utilize this as well in the sense that when they are asking, hey, how's it going? And, you know, what are you excited about this year? Or, you know, how's history class? If your student comes to you and says, you know, like, I'm struggling with this, you can validate their feelings or what they bring to the the, the conversation, both good and bad. You can appreciate that they are disclosing that they're having, you know, a difficult time. And then if needed, say, hey, I'm just your parent, right? Like I don't have all the answers. I really want to help you navigate feeling stressed or, or the anxiety that you're feeling and being able to refer on if needed. When you say referral, it's not to say that everybody needs a clinical referral. They just may need a school counselor to talk to or or other resources to talk, to read about what is anxiety, what is stress, is it really what I'm feeling or thinking? So I think parents and caregivers need to continue to check in. There was just a recent article by NPR that really talked about being proactive, asking about the good and the bad, and then, you know, just keeping an eye on any behavior change. I think that's the thing that parents and caregivers should really pay attention to. But I always say this with like a little asterisk. We know that students are still growing and developing, right? Our high school students are still going through puberty, whether 
they like to hear that or not, right? We always talk about puberty at the middle school level, but their brains are still developing, right? So they're still coming into who they are. If there are any drastic behavior changes to to keep that in mind as they're navigating, you know, going into this world, especially off the high school. And then I think it's really important to think beyond the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, we've seen before the COVID-19 pandemic an increase in stress and anxiety and just poor mental health from our youth and young adults. And yes, the COVID put a big spotlight on that. But I think that's an important thing to remember that COVID isn't the only reason why our youth and young adults are experiencing an increase in poor mental health. Mm-hmm. I think what's hard for moms is that when our kids complain or say they're not having a good day or they're venting about how hard the teacher was or how mean the kids were at school, like we don't like to hear that as mothers sometimes. And it feels like a distraction from them studying, getting their work done. Or if they say, I just need to talk to my friends, and you think, no, you need to get off your phone. So first of all, I think for moms is if your kid is having a bad day or is unhappy, you're not a failure. And your job is not to try to cheer them up. Your job is what Lauren was just talking about, is to provide a space for them to name and be in touch with what their feelings are. And some of it is good, some of it is more negative, but allowing them to talk about that is actually good mental health. So not allowing the conversation is really creating an atmosphere for poor mental health because moms, do you have bad days or do you have some days that your stress is higher than others? Yes, all of us do. So if we are trying to be just like so happy and keep our kids happy, then that's really a false sense of what really mental health looks like and what is reality. So what should you know about mapping out a mental health game plan before dropping your teen off at college? That's a great question. So, you know, when trying to pick a school, you're checking off the list, like what does the residence hall look like? What's the dining plan look like? I think it's really important for families to look at counseling center resources, and if they, um, the university or college has an active minds chapter, what kinds of student-led mental health organizations do they have to really help lend an opportunity for young people to have conversations about mental health? What kinds of resources do they have at the counseling center? How many counselors do they have? What does the, the structure look like if they need to go to the counseling center? So I think those are the things to really pay attention to when selecting a school. And if they don't have an active minds chapter, we can help them start one, right? So if they've come from a high school that has an active minds chapter and they're picking a school that doesn't, you know, they've experienced what that is, they can start one. We we provide students with all the tools and resources to start an active minds chapter. So those are the things that um, we are encouraging students and their family members to look at when they're selecting a school. Okay. So why do so many teens downplay their mental health struggles and how can you see through the ruse? Yeah, that's a great question. I think you you somewhat just alluded to it in the sense of parents and care, caregivers sort of taking a step back and pausing when their students come to them and say, 
I am struggling, right? Instead of just brushing that off is using the validate, appreciate, refer tool, right? To ensure that they are creating a space where your young person feels like you heard me. You may not be the, I'm not coming to you to fix the problem. You may not be able to provide me all of the solutions that I may need, but you're listening, you're taking pause, you're like listening to what I'm saying, you're appreciating that I came to you. So I think that's important. That really, really is important because we all get really busy. And I think especially for um, parents and caregivers, right? The day-to-day hustle and bustle of if you are, you know, navigating your own work schedule and then, you know, your students' school schedule or extracurricular activities, that's a lot. So it's just remembering to like, check in on a regular basis. Also be open with your own mental health when you aren't having a good day, you know, be able to strike up the conversation and share what you are going through to also help normalize and destigmatize the conversation at home. Because, you know, nine times out of 10, they're talking about things at school. And so when we aren't able to take what we're talking about at school and and bring it home with us, that creates a barrier. So the more our parents and caregivers can continue the conversation in their homes, the better. Mm -hmm. So what happens a lot is with social media and screens is that a lot of mental health issues are coming out or mental struggles, I should say, come out at like three in the morning, four in the morning and texting, Snapchatting, whatever their friends So I think a lot of kids are feeling really pressured that they have to do something and, but they don't know what to do. So how do you address that in active minds on the campuses? Yeah, I think we go back to utilizing VAR and also, you know, we're, we know that we're all connected adults and youth and young adults. We're, we're online. We're connected to our phones constantly. I think giving yourself permission to switch off your phone and just switch off in general is important to your own mental health. So we talk a lot about self-care, what that means, or just rest. That's a privilege. Not everybody is able to do that in some ways. So I think it's important to understand that, you know, to have good mental health, you have to provide yourself an opportunity to unplug and take a step back and not feel like you have to be there constantly for others. Because if you aren't able to be there for yourself, you won't be able to show up as the best version of yourself when somebody does need you, right? And so I think we have to understand that, you know, our youth and young adults, that is how they're connecting to each other. They're using all this, the social media tools. And I think it's it's been a little bit of a challenge for adults to sort of say, man, you're always connected. Yeah, they are. That's That's where their community is. But I think it's being able to talk about okay, how many hours are you on a screen? You know, how many hours of the day are you doing work or schoolwork, you know, on a a laptop or an iPad versus being on social networks? We have a high school curriculum. It's a peer-to-peer mental health curriculum that chapters can use as a program tool in the high school space or schools can use it as a standalone curriculum. And it's free to schools to use. And one of the the discussion guides in, in there is about social media. And we have the students kind of look at 
the 24 hour day and they start breaking down how often or how long they're on a screen for like schoolwork or socializing, you know, and then account for all of the hours of the day. And then we ask them, okay, take a look at that. You know, what do you want to change? Um, And nine times out of 10, they're like, man, I'm on a screen a lot, (laughs) you know? So being able to provide them with that permission to actually unplug is really important because they need that for their own mental health and they need it to be able to support their peers if somebody is texting at the three o'clock in the morning situation. So when you're being proactive in teaching the youth or young adults, like some skills to kind of booster their mental health. What do they need to learn? What do you see? I think we have to give them the tools and resources to understand that you don't have to be perfect. Unpacking what does perfectionism really mean? So that's one of the the topic areas that's in our our curriculum, you know, because we know that there's immense pressure to be perfect. The other thing is how do you help a friend? You know, what do you need in order to be a resource or support in somebody else's lives? And how do you manage that? You know, instead of like taking on and all the weight of the world or what your your peer is sharing with you, how do you navigate that? You know, it's it's thinking about grace and empathy and self-care and the opportunity to have a conversation about about mental health, but then also knowing when you may need a little bit more support in navigating maybe your own mental health journey or somebody else's because somebody just disclosed that to you. So it's, it's a lot, right? I mean, on top of maintaining healthy relationships and just the, the day-to-day navigation of what you know, school looks like. I have to ace a history test. I have to show up, you know, for a a band competition, whatever else that is. So I think it's, we're teaching, you know, we're empowering youth to understand what mental health literacy is so that they are equipped to, to name it and navigate their mental health and crisis if they absolutely need it. And then advocating for resources. I think that's the other tool that we're really proud of. When we think about active minds, we really empower youth and young adults to advocate for more resources, more opportunities in their schools to be able to navigate mental health. And that like I said earlier, it could be more counselors, more just day-to-day resources outside of a counseling office, having an active minds chapter or changing policies to really ensure that schools are centering mental health just as, as much as they're centering the, the, the academic realm. Okay. So for our listeners, can you kind of define a little bit more about what you mean by emotional literacy? Are you meaning like naming emotions? What are you no. talking about? Yeah, so I it's mental health literacy in the sense that, you know, we you're, you're naming what mental health is. You're naming what mental health is and what mental illness is. So being able to understand the distinction between that. I think it's also when you think about social and emotional learning, it's thinking about the tools to have critical thinking skills and just the ability to be aware of when it is just poor mental health versus stepping in to help in a mental health crisis. You know, so that's what we mean by mental health literacy. It's just, just like we talk about, you know, physical health or when we're educating folks in a health education cloth, it's those tenets of what is good health in general, right? So we're just navigating that from a mental health sphere. Okay. 
So what last advice would you have for the moms listening? I think give yourself an opportunity to navigate uh, your youth mental health with empathy and grace. Be able to provide a space for them to share and for you to also share equally about what your mental health looks like, good or bad. I think the other thing is to encourage your students to start a chapter or think about what they can do within their school community or within, you know, supporting their peers in talking about mental health. So if you can be a champion of them in navigating these conversations or amplifying the conversation about mental health, that is a huge win because then your student will feel very supported to lead and and change the conversation about mental health in their schools. So Lauren, how can parents find out more about Active Minds? Great question. So they can go onto our website, um, activeminds.org, and learn more about our variety of programs, both for high school students, college students, and then we also do workplace mental health. We are um, having an open house highlighting all of our programs on September 8th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that information can also be found on our website as well. You can sign up for our newsletter. That's a really great way to keep up with what we have because we're constantly adding new opportunities and programs to our menu for folks. Okay, that's great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. I really appreciate this. Thanks for having me, Colleen. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting, Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my award-winning best-selling books, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, And my newest release book, Gallop the Dream, Making Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You. You can find both of these books wherever books are sold. And you can find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com. And that has two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.